group from prosperity to absolute degradation is the single greatest dread among the middle classes created by 19th century capitalism you see it in the novels of dickens and balzac over and over again you see it in the genre paintings of a middle class family having to sell up their last belongings whether you are upper middle class like the sedleys in thackeray's vanity fair or lower middle class like adolf hitler the spectre is haunting you all the time Something might happen in the world's stock markets which suddenly ruins you. Old John Sedley was ruined, and Thackeray shows us all his belongings being picked over and sold off at auction. The Hebrew aide-de-camp in the service of the officer at the table bid against the Hebrew gentleman employed by the elephant purchasers, and a brisk battle ensued over this little piano. Part of the mythos of capitalism was that mysteriously it was controlled and exploited by the Jews. When there is a lurch in the stock market, or when there is a run on the banks, the Jews will somehow emerge from the crisis unscathed, having made their profit out of your misfortune. The basic self-contradiction of the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that Jews control both the capitalist system and the communism which sought to overthrow it did not die with Nazism. It resurfaces even now, either implicitly or explicitly, in journalism and commentary in any country in the world. Hitler's anti-Semitism was a mania of advanced degree, but it was very far from being unusual, and although few like to admit it, his hatred of the Jews was one important element in his easy rise to power. Hitler and the Nazis expressed themselves with a crudity you may not think would have gone down well in, say, a London publishing house. Yet his prejudice was one shared with the poetry editor of Faber and Faber, T.S. Eliot. The Jew is underneath the lot. Adolf Hitler, remarkably in a man whose father was the son of an illegitimate housemaid, had grown up with the middle-class confidence that he need never earn a living. When he first emerged so astonishingly onto the European stage, he might have appeared provincial and uncouth. But he belonged to a class which had savings. He belonged to the shabby-genteel class, the class which, perhaps more than any other, feels the shame of social descent through poverty. Aspirant members of this class throughout Europe and America have traditionally struggled to better themselves, fearing idleness, bohemianism, any of the eccentricities or cultivations which might lead grander social classes to an amusing decadence, but which lead the petty bourgeois back to the working classes from which they struggled. Had his father, a customs official in various border towns between Austria, Hungary, and Germany, lived to see the publication of Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, My Struggle, he might well have asked, What struggle? Alois Hitler had indeed known struggle, and so had his third wife, Hitler's mother, Clara Peltzel. Alois, whose early life had marked a real struggle to leave poverty behind, and to acquire respectability and savings through boring government service in customs offices, had urged young Adolf to find paid employment. The boy had preferred to lounge about, to wear dandified clothes, to attend the opera, and to imagine that one day he would become a famous artist, or maybe a composer of operas, like his hero, Richard Wagner. When his father died in 1903, and his mother followed him to the grave four years later, Hitler had never in his life looked for paid work. He had assumed that he would be able to live on savings. He would study at the Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna, and maybe become a great architectural artist, perhaps an architect who would rebuild Linz, 
the provincial city where he had attended the Realschule and had not done especially well. The fellow pupil was another oddball, Ludwig Wittgenstein, but there is no evidence that they even spoke to one another at school. A Wittgenstein was not noted at any period of life for his easy manners, and Hitler, until he had completed military service, appears to have been paralyzed with shyness and silence in most circumstances. Wittgenstein, at different times of his life, had paid work, as a village schoolmaster, as a lab assistant in a London hospital, and as a don at Cambridge. Hitler never had any paid employment, so far as one can make out, except when manual work was forced upon him as a temporary necessity when he was living in men's hostels and doss-houses on the outskirts of Vienna. In fact, he had not done well enough at school to get a good job. He failed to get into the Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna, and gradually slithered downhill from the position of comfort and prosperity in